Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Welcome to Paratruth Radio, the Christmas edition. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And as always, I'm Justin. And we would like to wish you a very Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have all your gifts in line, your uh, all your food ready for the parties for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and your Christmas tree up and ready to go. I know we do. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I love Christmas. I know we don't. We wanted to do the Christmas tree last weekend, and uh, it snowed. You know, we wanted to do it before we got a first major snow, and it just did not happen. And it's kind of hard when you're in the busy season of your wife's business, um, and then me, this is the post office busy season, so I've got, like, no time on top of doing all the other stuff that I do. But, um, yeah, we would like to do our Christmas tree this year. Cause we didn't do it last year. And I think that's in my opinion, and maybe you can attest to this or not, but you know, if you don't have a Christmas tree up, um, it doesn't matter when you put it up in, in my opinion, even though I feel you shouldn't put it up before Thanksgiving, but, um, it doesn't feel like Christmas without the Christmas tree up. It doesn't. I mean, at least I know for some people it's different. Not everyone likes or even believes in the Christmas tree. I don't know why right. how you don't believe in a christmas tree but you know uh this year my mom i think put up put up uh her christmas tree before thanksgiving like two or three days beforehand um and actually there are a couple people that i know that did that she couldn't wait any longer instead of waiting till black friday which is when most of everyone i know does it they all decided to put them up earlier this year but it's not bad it's it's fine it's close enough i guess uh yeah, <laughs> I wanted to put Christmas lights out. Actually, there. So, I actually had. Um, I borrowed chicken wire. Mm-hmm. Borrowed chicken wire from my brother-in-law because I wanted to create these cool like light balls that I saw online. You're supposed to take the chicken wire, cut it, and then like mold it into the shape Formed of a it. ball, okay. and then yep. you wrap lights around it, and. I tried one time and got frustrated. So now there's like chicken wire just sitting in the living room <laughs> for the last two weeks because I haven't been able to bring myself back to do it. Um, but I really wanted to do that and put them outside because I'm not putting lights up on the house. They just don't have the time or the room and it's cold outside now. I don't want to be out there in the cold. Um, but I think we're going to end up just skipping out on the lights again this year uh, outdoors. But everything indoors is is all good and cheery. So... Well, and we can kind of talk about this in just a few minutes, but that's one thing that I kind of miss is decorating for both Halloween and Christmas on, on the outside. And with living where we at, we're at now, it's kind of hard because there's no yard or anything on the front side or anything, but, but before we get too much further in it, um, I wanted to bring up since I forgot last time, um, the drink of the month, but, or episode, I guess, uh, the, I came up with 12, the 12 drinks of Christmas. And this is from, uh, web, webstaurantstore.com. If I said that right. Um, winter sea breeze recipe. Uh, it's, uh, vodka, grapefruit juice, tonic, water, pomegranate seeds, cranberries, and mint leaves. And it looks actually kind of really pretty. It's got a really frosted look to it. So uh, I think with the cranberries and the mint is how they kind of incorporate it into the winter uh, or Christmas drinks. Uh, you know, mix all together in a shaker, put in a glass over ice, and uh, you just garnish with the pomegranate seeds, cranberries, and mint. Um, next one, number two, Red Stag Dirty Shirley Recipe. 
It's a half an ounce of grenadine, a one and a half ounce red stag black cherry bourbon, uh, five ounces of 7-Up, a splash of maraschino cherry syrup, and maraschino cherries to garnish. Number three, peppermint hot cocoa recipe. And I've heard this one used multiple times. Uh, Hot chocolate, peppermint schnapps, and marshmallows to garnish. Uh, You can even put a candy cane in there, which is kind of a traditional thing. Uh, Next, number four, winter sangria recipe. One-third cup triple sec, one bottle dry white wine, two apples cubed, uh, one cup fresh cranberries, one small box red raspberries, simple syrup to taste, 12 ounces of Sprite and rosemary sprigs. Mix all ingredients except the Sprite and rosemary in a pitcher. Refrigerate the mixture until it's chilled and you're ready to serve. Add the Sprite to the pitcher just before serving. Garnish each glass with a rosemary sprig. Number five, cinnamon candy apple. Uh, This is a shot, a festive shot. Sour apple schnapps, cinnamon whiskey or tequila, um, and red food coloring, which I don't think you really need the red food coloring with the cinnamon whiskey or tequila because a lot of times it's kind of reddish in tint unless you really want it red. Um, And then you... Um, pour the sour apple schnapps into a shot glass, uh, color the cinnamon liqueur with the red food coloring, and then layer the cinnamon liqueur over the schnapps by pouring it slowly over the back of a spoon and serve. Number six, snowflake recipe. This is kind of a martini thing. Uh, something I've never heard of. Non-perials, five ounce hypnotic, one and a half ounce rum chata, and three quarters ounce vodka, rim a martini or cocktail glass with the non perials It must be some type of sugar uh, mixed with the hypnotic rum chata and vodka in a cocktail shaker, and uh, serve. And it actually looks kind of cool. It's got kind of a blue tint to it. Probably tastes really good as well. Uh, mm. Mulled wine sangria. Uh, which is actually one of my wife Shelly's favorites. Um, half cup of brandy, quarter cup of triple sec, one lime sliced, one lemon sliced, one apple sliced, one pear sliced, three mandarin oranges sliced, a handful of cherries, a bottle of red wine, one cup orange juice, one teaspoon cloves, half teaspoon allspice, three cinnamon sticks, sugar to taste, 7-Up Sprite or Club Soda, optional for sparkling. Uh, Pour the brandy, triple sec fruit, and all but one cup of red wine into a pitcher and stir, then set aside. In a saucepan, combine the orange juice, spices, and remaining red wine. Bring the mixture to a a simmer. Add graduated sugar to the simmering mixture if you desire a sweeter beverage. Uh, Simmer the mixture for 10 to 15 minutes, then strain the liquid through a cheesecloth and strainer to remove the whole pieces. Add this mixture to the pitcher and refrigerate it overnight. Pour the sangria into individual wine glasses and serve. If you want to add sparkling and sweetness to your sangria, you do the 7-Up or the Sprite um, or a club soda to add sparkle without any extra sweetness. Whipped caramel hot cocoa recipe. Uh, It's hot cocoa, whipped vodka, caramel vodka, dark chocolate, and whipped cream. Um, Prepare the hot cocoa, stir the whipped vodka and caramel vodka into the hot cocoa. Uh, Prepare the hot chocolate, the dark chocolate shavings for the top. Um, And just like you would kind of a regular hot chocolate, just top with the um, the whipped topping and serve. Um, number nine, salted caramel martini, chocolate syrup, caramel syrup, two ounce Bailey's caramel liquor, uh, kosher salt, two ounce salted caramel vodka, one ounce chocolate vodka, one ounce dark cream de cocoa, half ounce of half and half, one ounce salted caramel syrup, and chocolate 
shavings. And to save on time, I'm just going to kind of skip through the rest of the make. If you want to check it out, you can click on the link that we provide here for you. Uh, Chambord Cure Royal Recipe. It's a quarter ounce of Chambord, champagne, and a lemon twist. Uh, number 11, eggnog cocktail. Four ounce full fat eggnog plus extra for garnishing. Spiced cookies crushed. Two ounce spiced rum. One ounce vanilla vodka. One ounce dark rum. One, uh, half ounce eggnog syrup. Cinnamon sugar. And freshly ground nutmeg. I don't know about you, Eric, but I am not an eggnog fan. Even when I ate meat and eggs and all that stuff. <laughs> I am a fan. I have, uh, I actually have a, con- uh, what do you call it? A, uh, what is it called? Like, um, it's a container, but like the, the cardboard containers. Oh, those? the carton. Carton, carton. Yeah, I have a carton of it upstairs, but you know, I, I'm a big fan of it. I enjoy it. I, ha- I actually had them on uh, Thanksgiving, mixed it with a little bit of rum. Uh, and I ended up giving my brother-in-law some because he doesn't, he's never had it before. And I just, I expected him to like it. I expected everyone <laughs> to like it because it's, I just think it's so good. But the look that he had after drinking it, just, there was no, no way. So I was like, man. I guess the question it. is, is did he from... finish it or did he just take a sip and no, he's like, no, I'm not going to drink it. He took a little tiny sip. Like, I don't even know if it actually entered his mouth. It might have just touched his lips <laughs> and he licked it or something. I don't know. But... <laughs> No, he didn't finish it at all. He just, nope, mm, 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 nope. Hey, man, I mean, give it a chance. <laughs> well, believe it or not, they do make vegan eggnog, which I don't know. I'm not really sure what they make it out of. Um, but I don't know that I would want to even try that because it, to me, I have a feeling it would taste the exact same and it would be that very thick. And I don't know. I'm not a thick drink person. I mean, yeah, it, well, so the thing is, I personally like it thick, but I know that you can cut it with milk and that's something my dad does mm. and a few other people that I know you, you just do like, you know, I think the serving size is like a half cup, I think for eggnog okay. or something like that. Um, so you do like a half cup of eggnog and then you do another half cup or so of milk and it thins it out and gives it a little more of a slightly okay. thicker milky texture, but it's not nearly as thick as straight eggnog. Well, I suppose with with uh, this one, even though it says you use full fat eggnog, uh, with all the the booze that you're putting into it, it would probably thin it out quite a bit because you're doing two ounces of spiced rum, uh, one ounce of vanilla vodka, one ounce of dark rum, plus half an ounce of eggnog syrup, which is probably kind of how they do the the vegan eggnog is eggnog syrup. It's just a flavoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Last one uh, is Santa hat martini recipe. It's actually kind of pretty. If you guys take a look at the link and, and scroll down, uh, it's a half ounce of coconut syrup plus extra for garnishing, uh, powdered sugar, grated coconut, four ounces of cranberry juice, two ounces of coconut rum, and one ounce of vodka. And if you look at it, it kind of looks like an inverted Santa hat that you're drinking out of. Um, so actually I'm going to have to save this list because actually looks like a really good set of (laughs) drinks to try out. Um, and at some point if, uh, Eric and I are both in the same room or even if Shelly wants to do a, um, paramixology episode, we'll have to try these out because they actually look really interesting. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got for the drinks. So I will turn it over to you, sir, to talk about some of the stuff you came across. Yeah. So first and foremost, I mean, I'm just giving off a couple of movie show things that I came across haunted, of course, that are just really interesting. Um, and once again, Ghost Adventures is going to go ahead and highlight this episode at the beginning. We're kicking us off. And that's because Ghost Adventures is coming out with yet another television show that's going to begin in January. Now, Ghost Adventures already has a number of different shows, including Ghost Adventures, Ghost Adventures Artifacts, Ghost Adventures Aftershocks, and recently they started doing longer episodes, two-hour-long episodes, in which they're taking uh, past episodes and re- 
as two long, two hour long episodes, meaning that they're basically taking, uh, for example, Pacific Ghosts. Uh, there was a couple years ago a, a a series, a four episode series called Pacific Ghosts, uh, and what they're doing is taking two episodes from that series and combining them into one episode, and basically you have yourself a new show in a way uh and they're calling it whatever they want to call it but <clears throat> kind of cheap but another way to make money so good for them um <laughs> with that said they do have a new series coming out soon and it's called ghost adventures screaming room and you know right off the bat i'm thinking that this is some type of reality show where ghost adventures are leading individuals through haunted locations and they're See if they get scared, you know, and whatever. That's what it sounds um, like, yeah. Right, but it is n- absolutely not what that is. Uh, <laughs> Ghost Adventure Screaming Room is actually just a behind-the-scenes uh, look at some of their favorite episodes. And so what's going to happen is they're going to replay, again, replay more episodes that already have extra pauses which replays episodes and they have these double jointed episodes, which replay past episodes. Well, now they're going to replay past episodes again. Only this time the guys are going to be sitting in front of the screen, watching it as well. And they're going to pause and talk about what they witnessed that night, how they felt the funny moments, the scary moments, uh, the things that happened to them after they left the location and how things progressed or decreased over the weeks uh, thereafter. So this is basically a a show that's going to give you an inside look to what Zach and Aaron and the rest of the team experienced during those episodes uh, as we watch it. So I don't know if you're into that kind of thing, you want to you want to kind of see that a little better. I, I think basically what this reminds me of is their Twitter feed just placed in video mode because you can watch Ghost Adventures and be on Twitter and they'll be on Twitter too. And when something happens, I've seen Aaron write something that says, oh man, that scared me. Such and such happened, blah, blah, blah. You oh. know? And now they're doing the same thing, only it's going to be on television so you can watch it uh, instead of reading text messages. or You know what terms. I think? So, I think they heard our Paratruth DS files and they're like, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> Um, now there are a few met, they've already mentioned a few of the episodes that are going to be streaming and some of the episodes are pretty darn cool. Uh, I've watched them. You might've seen them here or there, Justin. Uh, but the first one is, or one of them is the Wash U club in Virginia city. Those of you who watch the show or know anything of it, they've visited the, uh, Wash U a few times. It's one of the most haunted places that they've gone to. Uh, they're doing Ripley's believe it or not, uh, in Hollywood, they're going to be doing the Oregon's Enchanted Forest mu- Amusement Park, which wasn't a big fan of. It wasn't that creepy at all, but the fact that there's a bunch of lifeless, you know, figures standing around is kind of creepy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then probably two of the other ones that are really cool is Mexico's Island of the Dolls. That one's kind of creepy. And, of course, Goatman's Bridge, which is probably by far one of the creepiest episodes. If you haven't seen Goatman's Bridge, uh, that one's pretty cool. You can see a couple of glowing eyes. Uh, um, I think Jay, he tries to summon a demon under the bridge and creates a bunch of havoc. And guys are getting thrown around. And it's pretty, pretty crazy and kind of creepy. So, anyway, if you're interested in any of this or this episode or these shows... Um, That'll begin Thursday, January 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and go ahead and check it out. So I don't know if I will or not, but maybe. Maybe I'll do a little review or something. <laughs> well, um, so when they, because this is one I've never seen before, uh, for the, the Goatman's Bridge, um, where where was that one? Uh, Ghostman's Bridge is in... Goatman's Bridge is in Denton, Texas. Okay, is it is it based on the the Goatman like we we've talked about or? Yes, yeah. So there's okay. a belief that there was a Goatman figure seen there on the bridge, uh, but the okay. majority of the report of the reports uh, that have been filed 
having people who's either a seen some type of shadowy figure that resembles a goat man or they've been afflicted in some way either being hit scratched pushed uh things like that you know in this episode you can hear something growl at them uh again you can see kind of see aaron get picked up and thrown uh he ends up with a bunch of bloody scratches and you know from hitting the ground uh so i don't know it's 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 pretty creepy episode i I have to admit that was one of those episodes that gave me the goosebumps uh, as i was watching it but you could also just stream it you could check it out on travel channel uh and i don't know if netflix actually has ghost adventures they might but it's a it's a it's a good episode to watch if you're interested in that kind of stuff Hmm. so moving on I didn't know that they were going to be sharing this trailer soon. So I'm really freaking excited for it because this Monday there's going to be the world premiere of the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. I'm so excited for this. I was, mind you, like I thought the last Ghostbusters movie, the one with the the women who played it, I thought it was funny. I thought it was good for what it was, but it wasn't Mm. Ghostbusters. It wasn't my Ghostbusters, you know? So when that movie came out, despite it getting some good reviews, there were plenty of people upset that this wasn't based on the original story. And within a week of that movie coming out, it was announced that indeed Jason Reitman would go ahead and write a script for a third installment of the original Ghostbusters. But there is a trailer out now that is going that you can go and check out called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, you can check out the posters online and you can check them in the link here. Uh, and if you haven't seen the trailer yet, go ahead and click that in the link as well. It looks pretty cool. And basically we have a very small description of what this film is going to be. Uh, but Jason Reitman and Gil Cannon said that when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. So those of you who are wondering whether or not the original cast is actually in it, it most of them are, uh, and it's going to star Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts, along with some newcomers, Paul, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, Carrie Coon, Oliver Cooper, Celeste O'Connor, and Logan Kim. So I don't know exactly what's going to be happening here, but I'm assuming that like Paul Rudd and Finn Wolfhard's characters at least are going to be entering into the Ghostbusters crew or replacing somebody uh, while some of these other people are the mother and the two kids and probably some extra uh, supporting actors. So I don't know. I'm excited for it, man. I, I'd i be interested to see what Paul Rudd brings to the Ghostbusters. Um, I mean, he's, he's done Ant-Man and he's done a pretty good job bringing comedic uh, relief to the Ant-Man series. Um, I mean, I've liked Paul Rudd in pretty much all the movies he's done, but um, to me, I almost wonder, yeah, if he's maybe a replacement for Egon since the actor passed away. It's very possible. Um, What will be interesting about that too is seeing how they play that into the story because I'm sure they're going to mention Egon. Uh, So it's curious to see what happens. Again, if you haven't seen the poster, check it out because it's a really cool looking poster. It's nothing crazy. doesn't give it too much away. But you're basically looking at the Ecto-1 that is traveling through a field of tall grass and in the distance is a mountain and the sky is green and there's a swirling ghostly ectoplasm swirling down from the sky. It's super cool. Uh, I'm excited for it and I can't say that enough. So I'll just stop saying it. Well, I mean, I've been excited for this since I saw the teaser trailer, what, six months ago now? That yeah, probably longer January. than that. The, the one, yeah. You're talking about the one where it's in the uh, the shed, right? Or the, right, and the, then uh, the flap comes up and it just house. shows the back of the mm-hmm. Ecto-1. Yep. So excited. It'll be cool. <laughs> It'll be cool. It, <laughs> it angers me a little bit because they they released that teaser trailer and it's taken them this long to release the movie. I'm like, stop, stop well, it. Why are you teasing us this you know long? You're, you're right. You're right. I hate when they do that too, but you know, it's one of those things where you have to try to build as much momentum as you can going into right. it. You can't just do a cold premiere. I've seen movies do that, do a cold premiere and they fail because of it. You don't have any following basically. 
so kicking it off that early gets you excited for it, gets you waiting, waiting, waiting. And just before you're like, I'm tired of waiting, they kick out a new trailer or premiere the right. the, the movie and you're excited again. So uh, again, it's disappointing that we're going to get this now. And then who knows when it comes out in 2020 exactly. I don't think they have an official date set. Um, so it could be next December of 2020 before <laughs> yeah. it even comes out, which means we have another year to wait after the trailer. But at least we know that it's on its way. I would assume that they're probably going to try and shoot it for somewhere in October just because mm-hmm. to go along that Halloween type thing. But you would uh, think. I mean, it could be. I, I would say probably between I think probably between August and October, it'd probably be like around a September ish right. area. Because yeah. the problem with October, I think, coming from a sales standpoint, uh, Ghostbusters, which is typically not a I mean, it's considered a horror film, but it's not typically scary per it's se. Comedic, At least the original. Right. I don't know what they plan on doing with this one. Um, you're basically, if you if you release in October, you're up against the actual horror films, and during October, people want to see the scary movies. So, not that Ghost Adventures wouldn't or couldn't beat out some of the other movies that might be coming out then. What did I say? Ghost Adventures. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's just everything has ghost before it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, not that Ghostbusters can't beat out any movie that's going to be playing or released in October, uh, but I think the smart thing would be to release a little ahead of October because it's going to be considered a blockbuster movie as opposed to your typical horror film, and those blockbusters tend to come out in the summertime and typically July, August, and September. So if I have to make a bet, I'm going to put my money down on probably an August or September release. Cool, cool. All right. Was there anything else you had? Nope. That was it. All right. All right, folks. So since I did this for uh, Halloween, I wanted to do something kind of similar where I came up with similar uh, holidays uh, close to the Christmas season or even almost exactly on the Christmas season. Um, First one, everybody already knows this one, Hanukkah. Uh, Hanukkah is a Jewish holiday that celebrated it's the uh, cel- celebrated for eight days and nights, beginning on the 25th day of the Jewish month of Kislev. The Jewish calendar is based on the lunar cycle, so Hanukkah can fall anywhere from November 28th to December 26th. Uh, this holiday commemorates the rededication of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem following the Jewish victory over the Syrian Greeks in 100. 100- I'm sorry, yeah, 165 BCE. Uh, People celebrate Hanukkah by uh, lighting their menorahs, spinning dreidels, and eating delicious foods. Number two, Kwanzaa. Uh, In the U.S., roughly 5 million people celebrate Kwanzaa each year. Kwanzaa is a seven-day holiday that celebrates African culture. It begins on December 26th and ends on January 1st. On the sixth day of Kwanzaa, there's a Kwanzaa Kar- Karamu, if, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, which is a big feast. Gifts of Kumba, creativity, are given to loved ones. Kwanzaa is also celebrated through lighting the Kinara, performing and listening to traditional music and discussing African principles and history. Uh, One thing I did read outside of this little article here is uh, that a lot of people actually celebrate Christmas and Kwanzaa in secession. So that was actually kind of interesting. Number three, the winter solstice, which actually a lot of people already know because it is based on, uh, pagan religions and uh, a lot of the uh, different stuff that we have for Christmas has kind of been incorporated from this tradition. Uh, But for pagans, December means the holiday of Yule is coming. It falls on December 21st, which marks the winter solstice, which is the shortest day and longest night of the year. The winter solstice celebrates the rebirth of the sun because days get longer from then on out. Uh, number four is Las Posadas. From December 16th through December 24th, Las Posadas is celebrated by some Hispanic families in the U.S. It's a nine-day celebration before Christmas, beginning with a procession with 
candles, songs, and sometimes even people playing the parts of Mary and Joseph who lead the parade. Every night of Las Posadas is celebrated with gifts, piñatas, song, parties, tamales, and prayer. Uh, Number five is Diwali. Uh, While this holiday falls a little bit before the rest, Diwali, or the Festival of Lights, is a five-day-long Hindu holiday celebrating life and the victory of good over evil. Taking place in October or November, each day of Diwali has a different legend it celebrates, but the holiday is filled with fireworks, feasts, and family. The date of Diwali is determined based on the Hindu lunisolar calendar. And number six uh, is the Chinese New Year. The Chinese New Year is celebrated for 15 days beginning on the first day of the Lunar New Year. The first day of the New Year is the Lantern Festival, which is celebrated at night with a parade. The Chinese New Year marks the end of winter and the beginning of spring and is a time to be spent with family and loved ones, eating and enjoying time together. So there you go. Six holidays that are either similar to or around the same time as Christmas. Hmm. So, all right, folks, uh, we are at that halfway mark, so we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Hey, everyone. I'm Kat Ward, host of Paranormal Heart, your monthly paranormal podcast. Join me the last Sunday of every month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, and Paranormal Radio. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. There are spirits everywhere. Watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at Inside the Goblin Universe. Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. What's up, folks, and welcome back to Paratruth Radio. I'm Eric. And I'm Justin. And if you missed out on any part of this show today, um, just go back and listen to the rest of it later. It's okay, because it's Christmas, and that's okay. But next time, be on time. Otherwise, you're not allowed to listen to us anymore. Because <laughs> somehow we have a way of blocking them. <laughs> you know what? It, there's no time <laughs> for logic here. Just trying to scare people into listening to us more often. <laughs> anyway uh so there you have it a lot of stuff uh interesting stuff happening coming soon and of course some really weird and interesting holidays that are very similar to christmas in many ways um and one thing that's really interesting about holidays in general is how each uh country 
and or nation uh, celebrates various holidays in different ways. Uh, there are even other, obviously there are even other like countries that do Thanksgiving, but it's a different reason for their Thanksgiving or, you know, different time uh, based on their country's history, uh, which is again, still very interesting because I always thought of Thanksgiving as being strictly an American holiday, uh, which it is for November 27th, I believe, or was it 26th this year? Every year, whatever yeah, your day yeah. it is. Um, but I always find it interesting to, to, to come across these, like you did, like you said, you did one for Halloween. Uh, and again, that's one of those things where Halloween is really, especially an American holiday, or American Halloween is very much an American thing. You know, you go mm. outside the country and think of Halloween, you don't think of or get the same thing that you would get in America. Uh, we're just way more commercialized here. Even with Christmas, we're way more commercialized uh, than I think most other countries uh, aside of those that surround us. But <clears throat> the thing I want to ask you, Justin, which is aside from everything that we talked about today, um, what is it about Christmas? Because I think you and I both, we've talked about this in the past in regards to hauntings for Christmas and just the whole idea of a haunted Christmas. We've talked about mm-hmm. um, uh, Krampus and we've talked about the various demon creatures that rise uh, to punish children who've been bad throughout the year. Uh, so when Christmas comes around, do you ever have like this kind of similar creepy feeling that I think a lot of people get during Halloween? Like the idea of Christmas ghosts or some type of uh, weird paranormal happenings around the Christmas season? Um, not necessarily like creepy feelings or anything, but, uh, you know, I, I do feel that, uh, winter kind of puts us into that mindset of the, the earth is what we would call quote unquote dying. Um, and, and for some reason that correlates with, uh, being close to uh, thinning the lines of the afterlife and uh, our reality. But um, I've never really felt um, creeped out or, or anything like that or had any creepy feelings during that time of year. Um, the one thing that I do feel a lot of times... and. It, I mean, this could be for, for everybody. I'm not really sure, but, um, kind of happiness and sadness all at the same time. And I can never really pinpoint what it is. Um, you know, for a long time, I, I battled with depression. I still battle with depression every so often. Um, could it be that? Sure. Uh, could it be that, um, I'm, I'm just missing the, the old times of Christmas that could be too um i i really can't pinpoint uh, my feelings when it comes to the holiday season it's just really weird for me mm-hmm. i i mean i actually i'm glad you bring that up because i literally was just thinking about this the other day and not to make this show you know turn this episode into something in regards to mental health or anything like that <laughs> but nonetheless it's good things to talk about um but I notice the same thing every Christmas and I, I love Christmas. I enjoy it. I think there's a lot of joy about it and happiness, but I always dread it after Halloween knowing, and especially after Thanksgiving, knowing that Christmas is around the corner, uh, because I do get significantly more depressed during the Christmas season than I do any other time of the year, especially like summer, obviously summer, I feel the best, uh, in terms of Mm. emotional health. Uh, but I don't know if it's, I think there's a number of reasons. And I think like for me, um, it comes down to a couple of things that tie in together. And the first one is the idea of this dying earth. You know, you look outside, it looks cold, bitter, there's snow on the ground. Uh, even during the day, the sun is hidden uh, behind mm. the clouds. You know, you hear the wind gusting and it almost sounds as if the earth is moaning uh, and sighing. And it's just really kind of depressing in a way. Uh, but also on top of that, you know, going along with the side of depression, depression does run in our family. Uh, I think knowing for the last few years now and being single, you know, seeing like friends and family who are married or, you know, dating someone, you know, they have someone to share that with those holidays and not having that myself kind of makes it more harder to get through. And and I think the big reason is the last few years, something's always happened in regards to relationships uh, 
that just kind of happened during the winter season, those November and December area. So I always mm. get into this down, this little down spot uh, that I don't quite enjoy. But nonetheless, I mean, it, it is weird. You know, this is you still have the excitement and the joy of Christmas and being able to experience the Christmas spirit, as you had said a few weeks ago. Uh, and I think that's very important, knowing the Christmas spirit and just trying your best to embrace that. Uh, I know a lot yeah. of people get depressed this time of year too, uh, and it, it's tough. But hey, you know you gotta you gotta pull it together. And if you're you're cold and it's lonely, turn on some Parachute Radio because we're always here to warm you up. Uh, and if we don't, shame on us. Let us know. We'll do our best right. to fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all about um, engagement with our our listeners, and I, I mean. If you're not comfortable, I and I'm just going to throw this out there. If you're not comfortable th- uh, calling the the 800 suicide hotline, reach out to anybody. Reach out to us if you feel a connection to Paratruth Radio. Reach out to your best friend. Reach out to anybody. Um, you know, I've built, I've dealt with suicidal thoughts. I've dealt with depression for a long time. Uh, the holiday season, for whatever reason, you know, we just kind of discussed that people get depressed way more so than the rest of the year. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a scientific explanation as to the sun being gone. We're not getting our vitamin D, uh, and our serotonin levels are low and all that stuff, which is probably a good possibility. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but, um, you know, reach out to somebody. I, I would be more than happy to respond to somebody who is battling with depression uh, and is having suicidal tendencies or thoughts or anything like that. I'm sure Eric would as well. Um, so reach out to anybody. It doesn't have to be us, obviously, but we are more than willing to help out. Um, so something I wanted to end on. Um, we actually had a comment on one of our older episodes Uh the spirit, spiritual cryptids, uh, vampires suck more than blood. Um, this is from a person called Eternal Glow on YouTube. And they say, uh, does this come up in your research? Somewhere I think I heard marks like moles that are close and, sim- and symmetrical like a uh, do dice might be. Uh, if you're not sure what that means, if you look at a die and it's got the two dots, that's what sh- they're talking about, are actually markings of dimension vampires or something. Have you heard anything on that? I have three sets one side, on one side of my body. Uh, one looks like a youngling if this is what's happening. I'm always tired. And that was it. That was the, the end of it. Um have not really heard anything in any research that I've, I've come across. Um, I'm not even sure what dimension vampires are unless they're thinking uh, like a lot of things that we're hearing now. The vampires are interdimensional rather than physical creatures. Um, so I can't really say one way or the other. Um, Eric, what are your thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, I mean it's kind of weird. Like the, I too never heard of a dimensional vampire. Um, I mean there there's this idea of the vampire dimension, which is kind of more of a made up TV show type of thing. You know, it, I don't think it's anything that's particularly. I think it actually comes from like the Vampire Diaries or something, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, but according to, to to that show, which mind you, does not base a lot of its content on realism or actual facts. Um, but the idea is that there would be a vampire dimension, uh, which is a parallel universe characterized by post-apocalyptic creatures, uh, in this case, vampires, uh, that are able to go back and forth throughout this portal. So the vampires basically live in another dimension altogether, uh, making them not quite human, more alien than anything. Uh, in regards to the markings i i wish like, it would be really great if this person sent us a couple of pictures i'd love to see these markings that they're talking about um because i don't know if this is like does it look like more like a scar tissue type marking are we talking about birthmarks is it you know i mean what is it you know it doesn't make sense because obviously depending on how it looks could be rationalized pretty easily uh by either by 
people like us who look at these kind of stuff on a regular basis, debunking photos and videos, or even by a doctor who might be able to say, no, that's not this, it's this, uh, which I know is also troubling because doctors are always going to give you a reasonable explanation for whatever it is that's happening. Um, but with that said, I think it's important to note uh, not to let yourself get too caught up in the idea that you could be that you're being fed on by a vampire, whether it's a psychic vampire, which is probably the most common type of vampire or otherwise. Um, now, mind you, I don't think there's people going around biting people while they're sleeping. Uh, there are vampire bars. There are right. sites where people can get together and share blood and drink that blood and whatever. It's you more know. consensual um, and it's it's while they're right. awake and all that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, is there a possibility that this person is being uh, attacked by a second vampire? Sure. Absolutely. There, There is that possibility. Um, and I think the best way to, to fix that, and we've talked about this uh, on the spiritual... Uh, what was it? What was the episode? Spiritual cryptids, vampires suck more than blood. Yeah. So <laughs> during our, that that episode, uh, if I recall correctly, it was a while ago. But if I ca- recall correctly, we had talked a little bit about what you can do to protect yourself from psychic vampires, and figure out uh, who that psychic vampire might be. And the big mm-hmm. thing is to be sure to cut out negative influences in your life the people who are going to lead you to do things that have a negative impact on your body and your mind uh people who are argumentative who are regular uh pursuers of stress you know people who are going to continually lash out start arguments uh feed into whatever bad things drinking too much drugs uh, etc you want to cut those type of people out because the more that those people bring you down and create tension and create anxiety in your own mind and your in your body and stress that's the type of feelings uh that a psychic vampire is going to want to feed off of it's going to want to feed off that negativity and the more that energy that surrounds you the more it's going to want to feed so it's important to try to keep yourself as relaxed as possible keep calm don't get feeling too crazy um and again if you need any if you need any help with that kind of stuff just just reach out to somebody. You can reach out to a friend that you trust who doesn't cause a negative or doesn't have a negative impact on, your, on you. Um, find a way to have some fun, to let loose a bit, uh, and maybe hopefully get some plenty of sleep. And you, I think, will find that over a few days, maybe a little longer, maybe a little shorter, you start getting that energy back and you no longer have this, this feeling of being drained. Uh, as for the marks, again, I can't say. I don't know. I don't know about the marks. That's new to me as well um obviously throughout history there have been discussion about people being scarred by a bite uh but i think the majority of those bites are actually created by vampire bats as many of these bites have happened in other countries uh third world countries Mm -hmm. in africa and where these vampire bats live and the thing about a vampire bat is they do happen to feed at night while you're sleeping and they have a special uh I can't think of what it's called. It's not really a venom, but it, it it's basically the same thing mosquitoes use, and it creates a numbing effect so you don't feel them bite into your flesh. And they bite in, they drink the blood, and they're gone. So, you know, that's the only place I can think of scars actually relating to this whole vampire thing, a uh, vampire bite. Okay. Well, Eternal Glow, if you're listening to this episode, uh, yeah, email us at uh, paratruthradio at gmail.com. And... Um, Send us some some pictures of these markings that you're talking about. Uh, I mean, if they're in private areas, obviously blur that out or just get us the areas that uh, you're seeing them that aren't in specific areas. Um, but, um, yeah, I would be interested to see what these markings look like just so we can have a little more information as to what's going on. Um, I mean, just like uh, a lot of other paranormal uh occurrences or attacks i mean some of it can probably be uh washed away by medical medical term uh terminology and, and diagnosis but uh without all the facts we can't really say one way or the other because this is something that's new to us we haven't really heard about it before so um yeah so um anything else you wanted to add before we end tonight 
No, I, I think we're good. And, you know, I really do hope whoever, this person uh, will really send us something because I do. I want to learn more about this. If this is a real thing where there's more people and for anyone out there who maybe has these same type of markings uh, mm-hmm. that Christian describes, right. maybe you understand it better than we do. Uh, we'd like to hear from you as well uh, and also see pictures if you have them. Because uh, the more we know about it, the more research we can do and have under our belt. So we can talk about this on a future episode. Maybe we can make a full episode about it. Uh, it's definitely right. intriguing. Right. All right, folks. Well, that's the end of the episode. Um, I hope everybody has a safe and happy Christmas. And um, stay tuned for next week because we will have an actual New Year's episode as well with a very special guest. Um and uh yeah i hope everybody enjoyed make sure you like share subscribe no matter where you're listening to us uh comment um like i said reach out to us we'd love to hear from you and i guess that's about it so until next week folks where you'll find us same time same channel my name is justin and i'm eric peace this This is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.